truly at Dogcast Radio. If you like dogs, wherever you are in the world, we're the show for you. Hello and welcome to episode 267 of Dogcast Radio. You can find all our podcasts and more at dogcastradio.com. In today's show, you can hear from Jaron Lucas, who's donating food to feed the dogs of Maui. I really felt emotionally pulled to help. That is why we made such a large donation. And now we're trying to send five times more food next month. So we actually started a GoFundMe that has really been like growing over the last week since we launched it. Marvelous to see such an outpouring of love to dogs who really need help. Before that, dogs in the UK who also need help. Dog theft is... Look, I don't have words I can say on a family-friendly podcast to convey to you the deep contempt in which I hold anyone who steals a dog. It's not theft, it's kidnap. This is a family member we're talking about here. Back in June 2021, the nightmare of dog theft began for Giles and Angela Greenhoff. I came across their story when I was asked to write a feature about them for a magazine, and their anguish and bewilderment was palpable. I really want them, and all who've had their dogs stolen, to get their dogs back. Here's their story. We're here to talk about your girls, Margie and Ruby, who, I mean, you haven't seen for two years now. So this, I really want to tell this story and and catch people's attention and go, help, help, because you know, and, and sadly, you are not unique. There are people all over the, the world with their dogs having been stolen. So let's let's tell their story and, and hope we can get as many dogs home as possible, but certainly that we can get your your girls home. So take me back to the, to the 23rd. Let's go to the day before they went. What was life like with your with your girls, with Margie and Ruby? They were they were our world. We yeah. they were they were everything they were our they they are our babies. Yes. And yeah, we uh yes, everything was about about them really. And um I I remember that day, the twenty third of June twenty twenty one. I remember it, it vividly. We we um we took them for a walk. We 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 came home and I was had a really busy day at work. And that they were with me in my office all day. And then in the evening, uh, we, we sat down to watch some TV. And I remember Margie coming up to me. She has a, she has a favorite ball and, and she brought her ball to me. I'd already had a little play with her whilst, whilst in the evening. And then we sat down to watch TV and she came up with her ball and, and I said, Margie, I'm sorry, I'm really, really tired, and I, yeah, I haven't got the energy to play with you. And she dropped her ball, and she jumped up on the sofa with us. Ruby was already on the sofa between us, and she jumped up and she just curled up and went to sleep. Yeah. Um. And and I wish, I wish I'd played with her. I know. I didn't I know. know it was going to be my last chance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I can imagine this, and that's but that's life. You can't, you know, you can't physically play every time they want to play. You can't, but I imagine, you know, I can really imagine that you've beaten yourself up about that, out of all proportion. But you know, it's just it's one of those things. So I know your your dogs were absolutely your worlds, 
and you know they were loved and looked after and they had a wonderful life I know that I know that that you they were your world but you didn't know your world was about to be turned upside down so now let's go to the horrible day the 24th of June 2021 so tell me because obviously you woke up expecting it to be just an ordinary day what happened so we went for our normal walk in the morning and we and we 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 took them up the hill and around uh we live on a farm so so we we just walked around the fields in the farm um and um um and then they did what they always do at the end of our walk which ends up behind my office and and they ran off um uh towards the wood which we were my office is is sort of in the entrance of the wood and they did that every morning and then they'd go um into a little area which is quite new woodland and normally within 10 minutes they were back at my office asking to come in and 10 minutes later they hadn't appeared and we left it a little bit and then it's like well where are they so they were wearing gps trackers uh so that we knew where they were at all times and gps trackers they have what's called a virtual fence so if they leave that area then our phones give us a ping and that was the point where one of us normally Giles uh would would go and retrieve them and say come back home uh but there was there was no ping or anything to say that so we thought well they're you know they're not that far away and um so Giles went to look for them um and there was no sign of them and the the trackers the trackers had suddenly gone no no signal yeah, yeah. um and there's only well there's three reasons why there would be no signal uh one is that the battery had run out well they'd only just had the batteries changed so they were at 90 something percent they or that they've gone to ground or that the trackers have been turned off so we did the logical thing and thought well they must they must have gone down a hole Yes, of course. Yeah, so, there he is. Yeah. And uh so so we we spent three weeks. I I had completely forgotten that when Giles was in his early twenties, he worked for uh something called International Rescue, um and which uh trained in, in search and rescue. Uh so I had completely forgotten that he he was trained in this. And his training just, it clicked in like that. He was just like, right, this is what we have to do. And, and he was amazing. Yeah. And, uh, so, so we, um, you know, he, you know, he, he started looking for them, um, yeah. underground. Um, Dog Lost, we registered them with Dog Lost and Dog Lost are amazing. They immediately, um, uh, my, my contact, he's still my contact. Um, got in touch and gave us lots of advice, which actually Giles, so, um, you know, talking about, which, I mean, she said to put a hose down, but we have, um, uh, have microphones. So Giles got a drum microphone, which does low frequency stuff. He put it on chimney rods, um, and, um, and he stuck it down every hole. Well, actually, I guess the first thing we did was, was the area that the tracker said that they were in. Um, he, he got the mower out and he mowed that entire area. Oh. We got a team of friends in 
and they um we 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 kind of formed a line like you see them like at the police things and we went through with sticks and we banged and we looked for every single hole well the area that they were in there were really no holes there were a few because it's quite new woodland yeah. there were a few very small holes that weren't even big enough to take one terrier let alone two uh so but Giles, we've got a neighbour who has a, a mini digger. So yeah. we rang him up. He brought his digger down and they dug out all of those holes and there was nothing in them. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. They yeah. obviously weren't used. Oh. We um, So uh, we then widened the search thinking, well, maybe the, the trackers were wrong. So another neighbour had literally just bought an eight ton digger. So he kindly lent us his new digger. Um, and, and dug out some of the bigger holes that were, were there and there was nothing. We dog lost, put us in touch with Cornwall search dogs. They came down on, on the second day. Yeah. Um, but, but they'd been missing and, and Lexi, uh, the tracker dog just kept coming back to almost exactly the same space where the trackers had, had said that was their last um uh their last vacation and um and and there was nothing there absolutely yeah. there wasn't a hole there was nothing in that area then the next day we got the local hunt out uh with their dogs and um and they searched and 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 they came down and Nigel said they're not here they've been stolen mm-hmm. and we looked at him and went that's that doesn't happen um you know that so so he said well i i can come back tomorrow with a fresh team of dogs but i really don't think they're here and so he did he kind of came back the next day with a fresh team of dogs yeah and again absolutely nothing wow that moment when that first time that somebody said to you they've been stolen or i think they've been stolen that must have been a real horrible revelation to you mustn't it because we don't think about our dogs being stolen. We just, it, normally it just doesn't yeah. impinge upon us because it's, it's such a horrible crime. You, it wouldn't even, you know, wouldn't even occur to you to steal a dog. To, I, that's just so no, it, horrible. It's not what you think about, is it? No. I, I think this, this was the thing that kind of freaked us out was, you know, all, all of this took place about 40 metres away yeah, from yeah. Andrew's office. That's the thing. So it was never a case of they were half a mile away running down a track or something, yes. you know, you could think, well, somebody found them, somebody picked them up. It was 40, you could, you know, you look out the window now and I can see where the tracker location was, you know. Yeah. So it was, so it just didn't seem to be on the radar that anybody would would do that. Um and also you put your resources into what you can do. So yes, from yeah. that point of view, you know, looking for them on site was the primary thing that we could yes. do. So you focus on that, you do that. And uh, and you didn't, you know, you, you kind of didn't think there was necessarily the support out there um, to go on to, you know, to go into that. Well, if they have been stolen, what the hell do we do? Yeah. You know, at the moment we're digging, we're looking, we're, we've got cameras down holes, we've got microphones down holes, we've got, you know, <laughs> that's something we can do. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, know. and it never, you know, it, it is still utterly beyond me how anybody can think it's okay to steal a sentient being. Yes, yeah. It, that That is something I just don't get how 
anybody can be so cruel. Yes. Give well, it to the dogs as much yes. as anything else. Easy, yeah. easy money. Yeah. But yeah. You know, but you have to have zero empathy. Yes. To think that that is okay. Yeah. To do yeah. That. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you know, it was just I. You know, I. I had heard that dogs were stolen, but I kind of thought it was a very, very rare thing. And yeah. how wrong was I? You know, yeah. now that then we're living in this horrible world, and and I I see dogs stolen every single day. Still now, yeah. when the price of dogs has dropped, when the rescue centres are overflowing and can't take more dogs in, still see yeah. dogs stolen every single day. Yeah, it's something like eight dogs are stolen every day, isn't it? It's just like that. Well, and, but I always think that that that's the official figures. So that's the people who have got crime numbers, and we were very fortunate that we got a crime number. Um, so our dogs are part of those statistics. Yeah. But so many people don't get crime numbers because the police don't really want to know. They they haven't got time. They haven't got the resources. So. Wow. So they don't want that. If if a dog is stolen from a house burglary, it becomes a house burglary as opposed to a dog theft. So they're not included in those stats. Right. So so whilst the official figures are eight dogs a day, I dread to it's, think what the actual yeah, figures are. It's not. Oh my goodness! I didn't really. In my, you see, in my oh, analysis, oh. I thought if a dog was stolen from a burglary, it would still be. Oh my goodness, that's a no. I mean, this is a huge part of the problem is that the police don't necessarily separate dog theft out from other theft. It's just a lot of it goes under the the auspices, you know, the 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 theft without actually being specified. So to get reliable stats is really quite hard. We, we've been incredibly lucky, and and you know, if your dog does, if your dog is stolen, it's absolutely essential that you bombard your local police yeah. to get a crime number. Otherwise, yeah. nothing will come off the back of that. We, we and you know, we, we were so lucky. Um, Devon and Cornwall Police have been incredible. Good. We've come across a number of police constabularies across the country in the process of trying to find the girls who have been next to useless but mm. Devon and Cornwall have been astoundingly good um we have we've, we've been appointed a case officer they've taken it as seriously as any any crime mm. uh and you know it's really important to say that um yes oh yes yeah but, but it's not, that, that's not the uniform reaction across the country yeah yes, no, having doubt I'll... some constabularies where you're just you know and and also there's this um yeah you know and this is just an issue with with Police constabulary is full stop. You know, I, th- I think we all get carried away by you know watching telly and you know and and, and the Welsh constabulary talk to you know the Met and the Met go here and whatever. That doesn't happen. They just yeah. do not. You know, you cannot progress from one constabulary to another unless you have a crime number. They they yeah. they just and I get it because they're like we can't do anything. Our hands are tied unless you have this crime number. You know, so unless you get that crime number, you, you are absolutely stuffed. You have to get that, and they you know so you have to really. You know, get away, you know, badger away at them to make sure, insist on having one. Yeah. Uh, and also, this is where, um, you know, dogs lost are, are, are um, fantastic at, at help, you know, helping. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Because I imagine, you know, you kind of shock sets in and disbelief. And, yes. you know, and I, mean, I, for example, I mean, my experience with crime, I, I had somebody open the door of my car and took my purse, you know, and I sort of shied away from, you know, 
mugged or carjacked or whatever you want to call it. It was just I I couldn't put any words to it. It was like, well, no, I I, I didn't recognize it as as being, you know, the crime that we describe it as. And, it, and, and I think we're, we're kind of good as humans at going, right, I'm going to block that. Out. I'm going to not call it mm. that. I'm going to not label it. And then I can cope with it. It's fine. But no, yeah. it, it's oh, my goodness. I, I, I just it's appalling. And I think every the thing is, every single person out there who loves a dog should be horrified by this we should mobilize and we should do something about it because every single one of us that loves a dog you know look at your dog now and their trusting little face looking at you trusting in you relying on you to to keep them safe you deserve you you need to to take action and and make sure they are safe and we do these things you know we're sold microchips very effectively and 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 by law we have to microchip them we should demand the service if nothing else if the if the heartache doesn't persuade dog owners then you've paid for a service you're not getting you've been sold yeah a the, service the, the, the whole microchip system is is flawed yes at yeah. step one you know mm. it breaks down at step one and i think it's a really important message to get across to to, to pet owners, you know, yeah. who've got and their animals microchip, you know, that there, there is no, you know, there, there's genuinely no joined up database. There are when you take your dog to the vet, databases. wow. When you take your dog to the vet and they scan it, all if indeed they do scan it, all they're doing 99% of the time is checking that the chip is in place. And it's transponding. It, it, it's 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 responding to the to the um, uh, to the scanner, um, and then they and then they'll probably hopefully check that against their records on their computer. It's not. It's they're not checking it against the national database. So even if you have marked your dog up as stolen, you know it's it, it's not going to happen. It, they, yeah, they are they not going to do it, and that's not the. And this is really important to say: this is not the vet's fault. You know, it takes forty-five minutes, two hours sometimes, to troll through all of the databases that are there for for somebody to find it. Now, when your dog is picked up by the uh, by the dog warden, that's his job or her job, and yeah. they will they will do that. That's what they have to do. But vets haven't got the time to do no. that. And then the other issue with it as well, which again, I, you know, I'm, it, it's a horrible problem for the vets. You know, some, you know, six foot two tattooed bloke standing in front of your vet nurse and your vet nurse has just turned around and said, this dog's flag stolen. Mm. You know, what, mm. what, what do you do? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, it's so they're, 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 it, it's really not, not joined up no. at all. And no. there needs to be at, at least, at least there should be something forced that when a dog does turn up to be and is presented to a vet for the first time, then there should be a law to state that it has to be checked at that yeah. first point of contact against the databases. What I don't understand it well, actually, actually, my husband who highlighted this fact is like, I get notifications if I try to sign into social media yeah. on my blooming you know tablet instead of my phone, ping. It's, yeah. I've got a notification. Oh, I've got the location, the time, the, all this information. Why is this? If nothing else, it, it, it you, be... you own the microchips. That, that The microchips are your property. Why aren't the microchips notifying you? They've been scanned somewhere. Why is that we're, system? We're, well, we're... I have moved Margin Ruby to petdatabase.com, which is one of the 22 things, who do ping me. So I have I have checked. 
I mean, I, I, I can't, yes, the only yeah. people who can see the details are vets and dog wardens and rescue centres. So n- nobody else can, can check your details yeah. for edge protection, obviously. Uh, but I have put in our, uh, Margie and Ruby's, uh, uh, chip numbers into the checker chip. There's something called checker chip. Um, and I get a ping to say that somebody's put my chip numbers in. And as far as I'm aware, that is the only database that does that. Yeah. Uh, so I've done it and I have got that ping. I've had a, I've had an email and a text message to tell me that somebody has looked at Margie's chip. Um, yeah. it was Margie that I did the test on. And, um, and so, so that's amazing to know that, you know, even if they haven't at that point gone on and found which database and checked it, which is at which point the database will know who checked the dog. Yeah. Yeah. But at least if if the chips are scanned, yes, which hopefully yeah. they haven't been, then no. um and sorry, not just scanned, but then checked. They may yes. they may well have been scanned. We wouldn't we wouldn't have a clue whether they've been scanned or not, but nobody no. has has That's checked to see which database those chips are on. Yeah. But the other thing which um which frightens the life out of me is so many chips are removed. Yeah. Which is just the most horrific thought but but I know people who have dogs who've had their chips removed and I know people who have dogs who who have got chips in that don't belong to the dog because it's it's a different breed so not only do they remove them but they also sometimes put other chips in and that that terrifies me because yeah, I think yeah. maybe Margin and Ruby haven't even got their chips anymore maybe they've got somebody else's chips I I, I think you know, or maybe they've just got no chips at all. I mean, you see dogs all the time that have been found and it says not chipped. And of course, it's been law to chip your dogs for a long time. And you just think, well, have they had that chip removed? Yeah. You, you just don't, you don't know. Really do. no. the, the, the technology to be able to improve the whole system is very, very basic. You know, yeah. to, to it, it just needs there just needs to be legislation to say this is the technology that needs to be adopted. So it's very, very easy. It, it would be, you know, it's, it's really basic technology to have a scanner that can Bluetooth to uh, um, a, a, uh, um, a, a module which has the information from the databases downloaded to it every 24 hours. You know, I mean, that, that's really, really, really basic technology. It, it could be, you know, produced and made tomorrow. Uh, and, but again, legislation needs to be put in place to enforce that vets adopt that. So that would be the case that whenever a dog is chipped and Angela's absolutely right, chips get removed, chips get changed. Um, but at least that would be going a long, long way to, uh, to identifying, you know, instantly at that moment, um, uh, that, that dog is, you know, stolen or yeah. missing. Um, so again, that's legislation. I don't think it's happening. Nobody's really thought it through because nobody really does. You're in no. control. Um, and, 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 and I think the, um, the, the, the other issue with it is that, you know, so it does flag up. It says it's stolen. You know, um, the, the vets themselves seem need to have something in place, which is going to for, for identification, which, which will mean some form of CCTV inside the veterinary practice or in the car park or something along the lines of that. So at least you can grab a, you know, number plate or at least a facial, you know, image yeah. possibly. So, you know, so all of that is a big investment and a big cost 
yeah. for the vets, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, but so, but and the so the only way that's going to be adopted is if it's made law, yes. you know. And that yeah. that's the problem. And I'm sure the vets will come back and lobby, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and whatever. But you know, I, actually, I don't know. I, th- I think most vets would actually agree. Yeah, would, would agree yeah. with that. They they probably want to. They recognise the problem, and I think mm-hmm. anything that's in place to make it easier for them would be would 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 be a step in the right direction. But, there are, of course, other things. And now, I mean, firstly, the DNA database, uh, yes. which I think is something from, is it Dorset Police who set that up? Um, and, and I would never have a dog again now that is not on the DNA database because, you know, they're, they're, you can't remove the, the DNA. <laughs> we are, we are at the moment following up. There were, there were two dead dogs found dumped in a fishing lake in, oh. Um, in a lake not too far from us. Uh, the RSPCA got involved. Um, I saw it. Unfortunately, we couldn't rule them out. Uh, Giles, I haven't even seen the pictures. I'm told the pictures are not very nice, Giles. Yeah. So the RSPCA sent them to Giles. He saw them, couldn't rule them out. He and our neighbour, who knows Margie and Ruby obviously very well, um, and is also a surgeon. Uh, they they went up and had to remove remove a femur from one of the dead dogs, and they sent it to to a DNA company. But of course, we haven't got their DNA, so now yeah. now we um uh, we've got DNA from Ruby's mother, uh, which has been compared against this DNA. Um, so, so yeah, and I think if they'd been on the DNA database, we would have their DNA, and it would have been really, really easy yeah. to to check the DNA. But we're we're having to go through this whole process, which um, it, it, I think um, the DNA which is taking one, a lot of time. Yeah, uh, because, I, mean, I, I think the circumstances that we're using it in are, are incredibly extreme. Um, but but it, I think the DNA database is is great from the point of view of. I, I think it, if you were in a, in a court or something along the lines of that, haven't had to argue that is my dog and the other person saying, yeah. no, it's not my dog. Uh, then, you know, you could, you, you could then take DNA and turn around and say, yes, it is my dog. Um, or, or either way, you know, yeah. um, so I, I, th- I think there's scope for that. And then of course, this smart snout, which, which is, um, uh, it still seems to be developing, but that's the idea that you take a photograph of the, of the dog's nose. It's like a fingerprint. Yeah. Uh, and um, you can take a photograph of it and it can map the dog's nose. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a very flexible item because, you know, you can have it on your phone. You can just take a picture of the dog's nose anywhere, et cetera, et cetera. That, that's, uh, you know, is, is, is. Yeah, that's an app for download, which at the moment is free to download because they want a biggest data space possible because they're trying to do. Uh, that that thing with that facial recognition thing that yeah. they do with humans, they're they're trying to to do that with dogs as well, so yeah. that so that it, that it's all in within the app. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so technology is being adopted. Um, yeah. It's just a shame that the only legislated technology is stuck in the dark ages, and uh, you know, and you know, it's 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 catching up. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that, so it's it's a it's a it's a yeah a big problem. Yeah, yeah. I I really want any everybody who hears or watches this to you know take your story to heart. And if you see a Norfolk Terrier or two Norfolk Terriers, they may still be together. We we, we just don't know, and that's part of the nightmare for you. I know. Um, if you see 
a Norfolk Terrier, or if you know someone who's adopted a Norfolk Terrier recently or bought a Norfolk Terrier recently, you know, please let's try and get your girls home because it's I know it's like a nightmare and it's constant and it's it's just this limbo you're caught in, isn't it? And you can't go on with you can't get back to normal. No, no, our world has stopped. There is there is it's all about margin ruby everything you know i i feel like i'm going through the motions i get i get up every day and i and i say to myself please let today be the day that margie and ruby come home and i go to bed every night and think today wasn't the day but maybe tomorrow will be the day yeah. and uh, and it, it it it's just it's been a long time of yeah. Uh, and I find myself saying, you know, saying to others all the time, when when Margie and Ruby are home, we can we can do this, we can do that. Yeah. You know, but but until they're home, then then yeah. I don't I don't want to I, I don't want to do any just no no yeah you, I, you don't know. and a little bit of me thinks maybe they were sold on and they're happy enough and being loved and and so on and and. Um, and and so they're okay, and we are living uh, this hell. And then I think, but maybe they're in a cage somewhere, not you know, not being cared for, and they're cold, and they're hungry, and they're thirsty, and and they're covered in fleas. And you know, you see dogs that, yeah. that have been abandoned, that are, are matted and covered in sores, and uh, how do you just think, and maybe. Maybe that's our girls. Yeah. And 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 that I can't get that image out of my head. No, no, I wouldn't be able to either. I wouldn't it's it's torture. It's 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 vile. The the people who steal dogs, people who stole your dogs. I I, I haven't got words that I can even say here for them. I haven't. Um I, I, just, I, just, I just can't understand how anybody no. thinks that this is an okay way no. to make money. No. Whatever. I mean, come here, steal our cars, steal our TV, steal, steal whatever. Yeah. But not our babies. No, no, no. That's the thing. They're your, and I've said this so many times, you know, they are your, your children, your babies, not in a fluffy, silly way, in a very real, you are responsible for them. And they hit that part of your heart. We got them as little babies. And all you want to do is protect them and give them a good life. And and you want them to be happy and to have fun and and yeah yeah it, it is. I have this this real nurturing uh, desire to protect them and yeah. and and I look at their their puppy pictures and I think I didn't keep you safe. My job was to keep you safe, and I didn't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's um. I, I can't imagine, and it's a, a, a such a horrible situation to be put in by people for money, just for money. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you know, the one that always comes to mind with me is Terry, who was a border ster- terrier who was stolen uh, in 2021, and he was uh, he was gone for three months, and um, and they put up a thousand pounds reward. Um, sorry, finders fee for him. Yeah. Um, and, um, and they were lucky they were on ITV West Country. Um, and somebody saw it who said, my son's bought that dog and he was sold for 300 quid. Wow. 
And and I like to think that that thief is kicking himself because if he'd waited another couple of days, he'd have got a grand. But I think £300, all of that heartache and all of that misery. Yeah, yeah. You'd you'd have paid that to avoid all of this, wouldn't you, to be honest? You'd just go, yeah, Yeah. I know, I know. You'd never think it's going to be you. Like all of these things, you, you, you... And and part of me still finds it a little bit unreal. Part yes, of me, even after years and two months, part of me still thinks I'm going to wake up yeah. and find this was this was just a nightmare. Yeah, but yeah. but like you say, we have met some amazing people on the way, and and uh, our admins on our Facebook group. We we've got a, a Facebook group. We've got we're on Twitter and um, and on Instagram. And, um, and when, when we first accepted that, um, that, that they weren't here and, and we, you know, we, we're very, very sure that, that they're not here. Um, and, um, and so somebody said to me, I posted on Dog Lost Cornwall purely to get, to get the Cornish search dogs out because that's you, you get through via Dog Lost. Um, and somebody said to me, you should set up a Facebook group. And, and neither of us were on social media at that time. So that's another been another huge learning curve for, for us. Um, and, um, so I, I set up a page actually, uh, because I, I didn't know the difference between a group and a page. Um, and I remember putting posts and hardly anybody was seeing them. And then I, I started to think nobody cares. I was looking at other dogs groups and they were getting loads of shares. And, and I was thinking nobody cares, cares about my little girls. And so, and a little dog called Ted had been found recently. He'd been gone quite a long time and I happened to see his group. And so I just put a comment under his fan post and said, how do you do this? And and the amazing Tina Towers came forward um, and said, would you like me to help you? And I said, yes, please. And she has been phenomenal. She she managed to convert my page into a group um, and and she has been holding our hands every single step of the way. She um, she she knows she just knows what to do. And I mean, she she's taught me how to use Facebook to start with. Um, and on top of that, when we get a lead, when we get a possible sighting, she she's the one who knows what to do. She's always, always there for us for all of this time. Two years. She has been she's always been there for me. Um, and um, and now and now we've got Muddy Paws Crime who are helping as well. And they're amazing. Um, and you know they they they've done so much to again with advice with helping with dealing with other police forces uh with um they've done facebook lives for us they they you know they yeah. they've done lots we we've been so lucky and we we've had some other admins along the way um Giles's niece runs instagram for us uh because I still haven't a clue about instagram it's ugly beyond me <laughs> i do twitter um, and, a, and, a, and a lovely chap, actually, who, he's British, but he lives in Thailand and he saw one of the things and he, he's taught me how to use Twitter <laughs> because he was like, you need to do this, that and the other thing. Yeah. And I was like, OK, um, so we've been so lucky and, and we have we've got now we've got four point four thousand people. Sorry, 4,400 people in, in our group, our team Margie and Ruby, as we call them. Um, and and the kindness 
yeah. the kindness of the things that people have done for us is just it it, it humbles me yeah how how people who who don't don't know us at all can do so much to help us yeah yeah it's i'm really glad fun. i'm glad that you have encountered that outpouring of love and compassion mm. because it kind of restores your faith in human nature doesn't it that you know we've got these two sides to us that's there's somebody out there that stole your girls but there's so many people who are touched by that story and sort of want to want to hug you in some way we can't oh, actually no. be there and hug you but we can 99.9 percent of the world is full of good people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know. i yeah. love and the fact that you can say that oh bless you i love the fact despite everything you can say that and, I think and you have to. Yeah, well, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's down to Team Margie and Ruby, and yeah. and just the the kindness of strangers. Yeah, you yeah. know, who many of whom are now are friends, and a lot of them I've never even met, but I consider yeah. them friends. Yeah. So it, the best thing anybody watching this that's sort of thinking, how can I help? What's the best thing they can do to help you? Oh, um, sharing, sharing, yeah. getting the word out, looking out for us. We have people have put posters up all over the country. We, um, well, yeah, that's Giles's job. He, he, he prints posters out. He laminates them. He puts in the post, um, to people and, um, sure. So, so join, join the group. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that's the starting point, really. Um, and then. You know, you keep up to there and just share. You know, it, it, it's it's exponential, isn't it? Facebook and all all the um, you know, all social media. So just one person, you know, compounds it to a hundred people, compounds it to yeah. ten thousand people. So, um, it, that that's really the starting point on it. And and just you know, we've got so many. We have to sort of give out apologies every now and again because people sort of get accosted by these incredible people. You know, saying, where do you get that Norfolk from? Hello, I heard our team accosted you. They don't mind. They they don't mind every Norfolk Terrier owner that I've yeah. spoken to. And a lot, a, a lot of them have, have messaged me to say somebody came up and asked me about my dogs the other day. And yeah. I said, are you asking for Margie and Ruby? And they said, yes. And they, you know, and they don't mind at all because they, they just say we could be in your shoes. Absolutely. And if it was us, we, we um we would want to be asked yeah you know we would yeah. want people to ask for us so. yeah yeah I was thinking that every every right-minded person will be you know sort of I mean a genuine owner is what I mean it sort of will will not mind they'll understand they'll empathize and think I don't mind check me out I you know ask me if we can get, yeah. get the yeah. girls back yeah yeah and, and I think it's it's so difficult to draw a line between having a you know a a normal sort of traditional relationship with your dog i.e throw a stick let it run on the beach let it do whatever whatever and and then fall into a, an overprotective you know um uh sort of, sort of envelope of of not letting the dog you know of being scared of owning your dog yeah. or being scared yeah, of yeah. losing the dog through theft um you know it, it it's difficult to to draw that line and, and you know I think you just I, th I think there needs to be an increased level of vigilance um with with you know because it it, it, it you know it does happen there has been an increase you know it, it was mm -hmm. it was crazy during 
during lockdown. Um, but you know, that, you still you still got to enjoy your dog, and you still got to, you know, it's it's so it's kind of yes, be more vigilant, but don't not, not to the cost of not having a good healthy relationship with you know an interaction between you, you and your yeah you and your dog. Yeah, I you see, I <laughs> I've fallen into that abyss actually, Giles, because <laughs> very early on, I think it was two thousand six. Um, we know you just started dog casting in 2005 and I interviewed Debbie Matthews, who's Yorkshire, you know her, whose Yorkshire Terriers were stolen from her car in a in a Marks and Spencer's car. Um, and she was very lucky. Her, her dad was, uh, Bruce Forsyth and mm. she got her dogs back, you know, but she was horrified. I know by encountering how, how little the microchip actually counted for that the, the police didn't at that point didn't want to give, um, a, a crime number for the dogs they gave it because the car was damaged you know and, and yeah. a lot of things but that was in 2006 as we were talking i was thinking oh my goodness 17 years on the down the line if my maths are right 17 years down the line we're still having the same blooming conversations yeah. about well the problem is this and it's still the same problem There's been i know slides. debbie matthews is lobbying so yeah. hard and yeah. and you know, we thought we were, well, she she was getting somewhere with the kept animals bill and the pet abduction. It didn't include chips and the compulsory check the chip on first presentation at a vet. Uh, but um, yeah, and the government have just thrown it out. Yeah, uh, which yeah. is it's just it's devastating to me that they've yeah. done that. Yeah. Um, and there are petitions. Uh, there's one um, by Daniel Allen. Uh, uh, that, that's reasonably recently. Um, and that, that is to bring, to bring in the pet abduction fence. But, but whether the government will listen, I mean, at the moment, it, I think it's 30,000 signatures. So the government have to respond, but a hundred thousand, they have to debate it. So I'm really hoping that it's going to get that hundred thousand. But the last debate they had, I listened to it and I was inspired and full of hope because the people in that committee were all very positive. Um, and then it went to government and it's been thrown out. Yeah. So, it was soul destroying yeah. listening to that. You know, yeah. there, there were, you know, it's, it's, there, there were, I, I don't you know, there, there were experts in there and there were MPs in there and they were all so, so positive. And then it went to the minister and the minister just came back with BS. Mm. No, thanks very yeah. much for that. He just knew from that moment, as soon as you know, as soon as the minister, he just, he just, and you just thought that's it. That's that's not going. And yet, yeah. it, it was, it was, but, but there is a. I, I actually, um, you know, it, it, petitions are great and fantastic, but they don't affect. You'll be amazed the impact that a few letters to your actual MP will have. It's on a much more individual basis, and if you have got a ever so slightly proactive MP. You know, 20, 30, 40 letters arriving on in their mailbox, you know, affects them more than than the petitions and it then has to be debated. You know, so it is it, it's it's a really good idea to, you know, do a little bit of you know, do what MPs used to do you know, or, or go to your MP with what, you know, we used to do, which is like, this isn't happening. Can you do something about it? You know, yeah. uh, so, so Sam Sampa does have a, a template letter, the uh, Stolen Animal and Pets Alliance, Debbie, Debbie Matthews. They have a template letter on their website that you can print out um, or personalise. 
um, and you know, and sign it and, yeah, send, I mean, it, and send it, it, it 10, to your MP. If ten thousand people wrote letters to their MPs, you would see something coming off the back of that because that that that's you know, it's much more individual, it's much more personal to that MP. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and they do, and again, you know. Let's not go to politics, but, you know, most MPs are actually trying to do something for their constituents. They genuinely are, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just unfortunately, some things float to the surface, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I I absolutely agree with you. We won't won't get into politics because I think we'll all get into trouble (laughs) (laughs) and say things we can't take back. Um, I I just want to address, because if there's anybody listening that's thinking, but you, you weren't with the dogs, but they were in your garden, weren't they? Now, yeah, I, I, and I think that that that's the bit that, which again was such a struggle for us from the point of view of they've been stolen. I mean, they were, you know, we the the trackers lost contact thirty meters away from where we're sitting now. You know that that's it. So I mean, I, you know, you can see I, I, yeah. I'm looking out of here and I can see where they went missing. Mm, mm. That that that's that that that's the thing. But it, again, it's, it's so easy and, Actually. and it, it's, you know, they, they were adorable, well-trained dogs. So like most adorable, well-trained dogs, if you go, come here, come here, come here, you know, yeah. they'll come up. Yeah. Yeah. On the collar, pick them up, remove the tracker. That's the thing. They were so, gone. we, you know, we socialized. Said, they would run up to anybody, any, mm. anybody, anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know they they love people they love other dogs and so um yeah, uh, yeah, yeah nobody it, would have had any, any trouble they yeah. they saw somebody they would have run straight over hello what are you yeah. doing yeah and and then if you if if you then if they are then stopped at that moment it's like oh i i found them i was bringing them back mm. I, you know, or or it's just kind of like oh i was going you know it's so easy to then yeah. sort of if you do get caught, you just sort of go, well, there you yeah. are. You know, yeah. start, oh, up. Don't have to go at me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to yeah. be nice. Yeah. So, and these guys who do it, uh, you know, are, are, are pros at, at what they, yeah. at what they do. Yeah. You and know? I, 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 it's an easy realize. four grand, isn't it? Yeah. I, it was in lockdown. Mm. Yes. I mean, that's something else that had never occurred to, to me that there was, that was any value in our dogs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it never occurred. It, I, I, I assume people either got a puppy or they went to a rescue centre. It never occurred to me that anybody would actually buy an adult dog, because mm. in my world, nobody nobody sells an adult dog. You yeah. you you get your baby and you bring it up and 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 it's with you for its life. That's that's the commitment you take on. Yeah. When when you when you get that, that, it, so that's the other primary uh, thing that needs to be addressed. I'm glad you've mentioned that because it just doesn't come up. Uh, internet selling sites. Yeah. They, 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 they should, you know, oh, 30 years ago, I guess, I don't know, you know, we stopped selling puppies in a, in a shop window because it was deemed, you know, but now yeah. we can sell them online, which, which in an even less regulated environment, there are these ridiculous rules which are constantly overridden. And in the process of trying to find the girls, you know, I've been to a number of puppy farms and a number of very, very dodgy, caravan sites and and such like and such like in trying to find our girls um and you know as, as a result we've followed we've followed a dog that we think is possibly them uh on the selling sites uh and then you go to investigate and then you see the same thing you know there's there's this ridiculous claim of the puppies must be seen with the parent with with the mother so yeah. the amount of times you see the same 
surrogate mother, you know, looking incredibly uncomfortable as it's had puppies pushed underneath it. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a scam. It's a con. Mm. It's, it, it's really obvious if you know what you're looking for. Um, and, and, and nobody acts upon it, you know, and, and you can present the evidence to the RSBCA. You can present the evidence to trading standards. They, they, they just haven't got the, the resources to, to, to do anything about it. The, 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 the internet selling sites, which frequently, you know, you go on there. Uh, this was a completely amazing world to me that I just didn't believe, you know, three year old dog. And it's the old classic story. Um, oh, um, our mother's gone into a home, can't care for the dog anymore. We can't care for it. Or we're, you know, you see the same story mm-hmm. trotted out over and over again. And for the, Innocent, you know, for the, for the innocent person who just wants to go buy a dog who thinks this yeah. is the norm, you know, you go along, that's great. And then you meet them in a car park. Um, and whatever, you know, we, we amazingly the other day we met up with a dog that I, um, one of the first dogs we went to go and see and it was handed to me and it was a real learning curve to me and, and, and quite, you know, a horrible, horrible experience really. But, um, I, I was handed after four hours of waiting, uh, was handed this what could only be described as dying two kilogram emaciated dog. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, this was our, my, my first exposure to, you know, the, you know, caravan site set up, everything else, whatever. And, and stupidly went up there with the moral high ground of we're not going to fuel the fires. We, if it's not our dog, we're not going to buy it. Otherwise it's, you know, it, mm. it's just fueling it, isn't it? There'll be another one, moral high ground. I came back and thought, went to the RSPCA and just got a, well, what do you want us to do about it? You know, and, uh, and, uh, trading standards, and trading standards and trading whatever. Standards. So at that point, I just sort of collapsed thinking, well, hang on a minute, I've left this dog up there. Yeah. I thought this, you know, and I, I, I produced evidence of, of where it was happening. Um, they're very clever. They do it across, you know, regional boundaries. So one, you know, so that the communication between the, the, the forces or the or the uh, um, the admin groups are, are, are very, very difficult to follow up, you know. It's it's so I won't give away what 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 happens, but um, anyway, um, and yeah, and of course it occurred to me at that point, and and subsequently I've come across this now on, on a number of you know rescues. Um, it, it's easier for them to sell a dying emaciated dog in a lay-by than it is to sell a fit, healthy, jumping up and down dog, because all you want to do is I've got to rescue the dog. I'm really scared, yeah. you know, from the mm-hmm. person I'm now buying it from. Um, you buy it and you get away and you you try and, you know, so so, so this, it, it's in their favour to treat yeah. dogs appallingly because it makes selling off them easier. Mm-hmm. That's who you're dealing with. That, 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 this is, this, these are the people you're dealing with who are selling on the internet selling sites. Yeah. You know, but there's big money in it. So oh, yeah. nothing yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, no, but that should, they should be banned. We yes. banned it in pet shops. This is a explosive version of what we were doing yeah. 30 years ago, which and we banned. And of course, it's all linked the dog theft with puppy farms, the smuggling in of dogs from abroad. Mm. You know, it, it, it's all, it's all linked together. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, the good yeah. news is we did manage to get. <laughs> this is what I struggle now. Um, oh. We did manage to get her rescued, and uh, yeah. I saw her the other day. Yeah, we... Excellent. This, Excellent. Little, this little dog. 
and uh, she's now she, on a diet. Yeah, she's been told oh. she has to go on a diet. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, uh, she came, well, we didn't realise she came with a broken rib as well. Um, so, but she's now got the most fantastic home. And, yeah, um, brilliant. Uh, yeah, and she was just smiling and happy and yeah. living her best life. And that's amazing because I know Giles, he won't let me go on these things uh, because yeah. he says I'm a liability. <laughs> um, and he's right. I would be. I'm. I'm. I'm a little prone to panic and hysteria. Uh, yeah. and, uh, so, and, some some uh, of the best of us are. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, uh, but he, but he's he's he'll never forgive himself for leaving her behind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but now it was it was amazing to see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good, good. I'm I'm glad there was a a positive outcome. Oh, bless you both. Yeah. Um. I just want to, um, unless there's an, is there anything else that you want to say? Well, there was something I wanted to say earlier, which is now going to be completely out of context. Uh, <laughs> but I, the other thing that I have never realised is that most stolen dogs just disappear. I, I had previously kind of thought that if your dog was stolen, it would be, and and, and it does happen, um, yeah. you know, taken off you, or or there would be some proof. And actually, I look, I I have a a list of long-term missing dogs that have been found that I keep for my own personal hope, really. Yeah, yeah. Every time I add another dog to that list, I think that could be us. Yeah. That could be us. Tomorrow yeah. that could be us. Next month that could be us. Um and uh, and on that list I I put whether they were known to be stolen or whether they disappeared. And the ones that are known to be stolen, they were lucky that they had CCTV or dash cam footage or something. Um, because if there isn't, then the dogs just disappear. Um, and, but the majority of them have just disappeared. Wow. And, um, and, and so that was, that was something that was quite, I don't know. I, I guess I'd never given it any thought. And, you know, we had no CCTV. We do now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, horse bolted, um, and stable. Uh, but but we do now. Uh, there's not an inch of our farm that that isn't covered yeah. by CCTV now. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I I don't blame you at all. I think that's that's a wise decision. I think you're right, Charles. That we should, we you know you can become paranoid. Um, and I, as I say, yeah. I have, I have. But mm. but also, I wanted to say that. But the blame should be very very firmly with the people that stole the dogs you know that i really really want to say that whether it you know and whatever you you can say whether you know whether i mean your dogs were in your garden on your property that's you know there's there's, that's black and white to me that's there's no gray areas there but like whether if you've chosen to put your dog in your car in the right weather you know i'm not saying in hot weather or or too cold weather but Mm. whatever you know, we should be able to do it. We don't live in a perfect world. We should be able to I, do that. But the blame is on the scum that steal them. Yeah, and not them. And I, I remember you saying this before about about that kind of victim shaming for people yes. who leave their dogs in cars, etc. And when I, you know, when I was in my early twenties, um, and I lived um, actually up on Dartmoor, and I used to walk into our village to the village shop with my dog, and I'd tie her up outside the shop, and I'd go in. And then I'd come out again and, you know, it never crossed our minds in those days. No. And, uh, and why can't you do that now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but you can't. I mean, no. I, the, the old people still do, but yeah. But, but I, I think it, that, that, that's, it's, that I, I, it's, it's horrific that you, yeah. you have to worry. And, 
yeah, I mean, and 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 this dog Bram, she came everywhere with me. If I went out in the car, I she came with me. Unless, as you say, it was hot, she came with me. I left her in the car if she couldn't come in. That's just she was always with me. Um, and you know, now I wouldn't. I now I'm I'd be scared to leave them at home on yes. their own, let alone in a car or outside a shop. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, it's it's that kind of uh, world we live in. Charles, were you trying to say something there? We 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 were talking. No, again, I think it's just that kind of, you know, that, that vigilance yeah. idea. I I don't. It as I say, it's so difficult to draw that line. But you know, obviously, I I would not tie my dog up outside the pub, shop, post office. You know, it, it, I know it used to happen. You know, there would, you know, there used to be little books in the wall where you, you know, where you tied your your dog up. Um, and I and uh, yeah, you know, so so I mean, so that that's sort of vigilant, and I think that's quite right. I wouldn't. I, I certainly think you would be. You know, I think if I saw that, I think I would probably speak to the owner and just mm-hmm, say, "Look, mm-hmm. I'm not." But you know, this, this is, you know, I I wouldn't do that. Yeah. At the same time, you know, it, 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 it's, it, 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 it's it's just that it's just it, it's so so difficult to draw to draw that line. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm trying to sort of get a, a positive thing out of you know what 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 what's happened to us is 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 vitally important to get that story over there. It's vitally yeah. important yeah. to to have a story about what to do in the event of when your dog does go missing or has been stolen, and it's vitally important to get this message to the powers that be uh and and you know to, to act upon uh you know the offense that it, that it is which we were getting close to but it seems to have been completely kiboshed yeah just recently yeah. um so yeah it, it, but it, but no matter what happens you know if, if your dog does go missing and and and, it, and or, or, or stolen you know there there's you have to, it's like the golden hour of first aid or the golden hour of, of any, any event like that you know, you, you need to get it out there instantly. And there are people out there who can do it and will advise you and will help you. Don't, you know, I think probably where we kick ourselves more than anywhere was in that sort of golden moment for us. We just focused on the one thing, which was the logical thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. It's kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're missing around here somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's. Yeah. We missed know. we missed that. You know, they, they use the phrase too hot to handle. And I, I, I see dogs that have been stolen and they're straight up on Facebook. Um, and within a few days, the dog's been abandoned somewhere uh, because they are all over social media. And yeah. um, and social media is amazing for that. Yes. But unfortunately for us, we didn't do that. Because no. well, I mean, we didn't know anything about social media, no. and no. and we we were yeah, we were too busy saying no, no, this this wouldn't happen to us. Oh, but you were doing. I mean, I feel so sorry for you because you were doing the right thing. All your instincts, you know, yeah. what you could have been kicking yourself saying. And I was sat on Facebook putting messages out, and my dogs were down a hole in the garden. You know, it, it could have gone yeah. either way. Yeah. You yeah. can't, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I do exactly the same thing, but you can't keep beating yourself up about, yeah. you know, you have to, well, you have to find a way through for you, but I, I kind of think it through and think it through and go, right, that was the only decision I could make at the time. I can't keep revisiting. I can't keep beating myself yeah. up. Um, yeah. And I hope. I, I, I think the, you, you are right. The other about, one to, but I wish, I wish we'd taken both tax and to, on the outset. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that that's the one that, 
I, I think the other one that, that is, and I appreciate it's, it's, uh, it, it's cost and everything else that goes with it is not so much from the stolen, you know, that there are, there are very, very few things that will stop your dog from being stolen if somebody is determined to take that dog. But certainly the other category of your dog going missing, um, you know, technology again is there. Trackers are very, very, you know, if you've got a dog that is prone to, being, you know, scared or, 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 or bolting or running off or chasing, you know, trackers at this point can be fantastic bits of kit. They're not, you know, they're, they're, they're not perfect. Um, but, and, and there's a cost involved with the ones that work. Uh, I, I would be very, I speak to a lot of people on, on, on the tracker front and the technology front. And, and the, the only thing I, I try to really say to people, is you know the 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 air tag um uh, or or the 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 bluetooth short range technology is is flawed it's it's not an effective way of, of finding your dog you you need something that actually uh um operates um receives a gps signal and then transmits that location onto the cell phone network um, so I'll be careful here not to mention names and bits and, <laughs> and pieces, but you know, but but the the um uh the, the the one that you know you put to your keys and and your phone finds it um is is absolutely useless at trying to find your dog. So please, but, don't. Yeah, but that's understanding the technology again. Something I was completely unaware of until you start investigating and 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 looking into it. Um, and then there's also there is technology if your dog is prone to going to going to ground. There's a different type of technology. It's already a transmission, but um, that, that enables you to find your dog if it if it is prone to vanishing down holes. So there is technology out there, and I think that could go a long, long way to to. Um, um, yeah, certainly. I mean, a lot of dogs go missing every single day um, who who are missing and there wasn't that thief waiting around the corner, which is what they do. Yeah. Um, I, I found a really interesting documentary on Facebook that was made quite a long time ago um, uh, where this very brave lady went um, and met with and interviewed uh, thieves. And they said that's exactly what they go to places where dogs are walked and mm. they will hide around a corner and so a dog off lead will just run around that corner and and they'll grab it thank you because you've been so brave i've got so much admiration for you and you've found yourselves in a horrible situation and i mean you've risen to the occasion and you've done so much for your dogs what else what else i know i know i know and i just think we have no choice we we need to find our girls yes but sometimes you see sometimes you go and beard the dragon in their lair and that's brave but sometimes the dragon just turns up on your doorstep and you don't have a choice and it's still brave even if you don't have a choice it's still brave sorry um since since we're emotional anyway um (laughs) can 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 you i mean I, i just want people to appreciate how much your dogs mean to you and you told me a story about it was about um, your dogs at the time were Millie and Myrtle and you were sitting by the river. And I'm really sorry to ask you to, to tell such a, a, an emotional story. But can you tell that story again, please? The river rages in the winter and it, and it, and it's quite scary. And and so and I was looking at our little girls and I, I said to Charles, if, if we all fell in the river, who would you rescue first? And he said, Millie and Myrtle. And that's that's the right answer because yeah. because 
they're more important. They're, you know, they're, they're our, our children and, um, um, and they need to be protected. And I'm bigger than them. And, and I would rather, um, sorry, I feel like I haven't told it very well. No, it's, it's great. It's great. Thank you. And I, I know you, you were saying you, you, you would prefer that they had kidnapped you rather than your dogs. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. If it, if it was me, then then yeah, that would be. I would far rather it was been me than it has been them. Yeah, yeah. And Giles, I know you wanted at the time you said you qualified it. You said it was to do with the conditions in the river, and that Angela would be more likely to survive yeah, anyway. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, uh... it wasn't a horrible decision. <laughs> Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, it's that priority, isn't it? it, it yeah, it, yeah. It's the equality that you, um, you, 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 you give to your dog as you do to your, yeah, any yeah. member of your family. Yeah, dogs are and family. It, I get it. Dogs are yeah, family. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, and if you got me out and left the dogs, I'd have been furious. <laughs> yeah, get them oh. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, they, they, they live in that part of your heart the way you, you yeah. children do. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for being so brave. And I really hope that one day we're doing this interview, telling people how they came home. So, and thanking them for helping get your girls home. I, you well, know, thank you for, you know, for, for, yeah. for helping us. Yeah. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. To help Giles and Angela get their dogs back, please share their story. Join their Facebook group. The link is in the show notes for this episode at dogcastradio.com or go on Facebook and search Help find Margie and Ruby. If you see a stolen dog post on social media, share the post because that might be the share that brings them home. And beyond that, let's ensure, let's demand there is an efficient system in place to protect our dogs. You're listening to Dogcast Radio on www.dogcastradio.com. Wildfires have devastated the Hawaiian island of Maui. Obviously, people were injured, forced to flee their homes, and have had their lives turned upside down. They need all the support we can send. But spare a thought for the animals of Maui, who have been affected too. Jaren Lucas, founder of Yumwoof, was moved to get involved with efforts to care for the dogs of Maui. And you'll hear in this interview the ways you can support those efforts. First of all, we talked about the food Jaren will be donating. Well, we started Yum Wolf, launched in 2020 to bring a new type of air-dried dog food to, to the market. And it's basically my effort at perfecting dog food in every way, everything from that cooking method to what goes in it. Um, I would say we probably have the longest never list in the, the pet food industry. You know, we were even went out of our way to not have rice, peas, potatoes, legumes, a lot of these kind of inflammatory filler ingredients that uh, most brands use. But one of the big reasons people have really loved us is uh, the fact that we don't use seed oils. And a lot of people don't realize how important fats are to uh, reducing inflammation, overall gut health, microbiome diversity. So we have really formulated our food not only to meet AFCO requirements, but also to go beyond that. And we have 250 studies that uh, really were about microbiome diversity, uh, which is linked to longevity in basically every gut study ever done. So uh, we that's really the guiding principle on how we formulate our dog food. Um, 
the company really came out of me uh, realizing about five years ago that all of my skin allergies are actually food allergies. And no, you know, I went on and on for more than a decade, almost two, you know, to the point where like I'm getting uh, 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 corticosteroid injections and uh, whatnot. And turns out, as long as I don't eat eggs, nuts, and seeds, I don't have any issues. So um, no doctor had ever recommended to me, maybe you should try a food elimination diet. And uh, that's what I finally did. Um, And that kind of revelation is what led me to then research 3,000 clinical studies on nutrition. Uh, And I've taken the most important parts of it and summarized it in my book that came out this year, The Canine Coco Mega Effect. And in that, I really talk about uh, everything from the biggest problem in dry kibble being oxidized seed oils. Like a lot of people realize, yes, it's highly processed, grinds down the nutrients. Like just look up the hot extrusion cooking method for anyone who's listening and doesn't know about that part of it. But what a lot of people don't realize is the cooking process oxidizes all the fats. And so that's what turns them into free radicals. It's why dogs live years longer not eating dry kibble because when we feed our dogs free radicals every day, it is literally ripping their cells apart. So, uh, you know, anyone who is curious, like why that is there, there's the answer there. But, you know, I also go into really interesting research I uncovered that's only come out in the last few years. Oddly enough, a lot of it was done by Hills Pet Nutrition, which I like to joke has um, terrible food, but a great research department. <laughs> and uh, they truly do have like the best research department. And so, you know, I was able to uh, really lean into that and uh, overall 162 clinical studies that show how combining coconut oil, particularly the MCTs from coconut oil with omega-3s, primarily DHA, uh, which is found in fish oil, uh, have these synergistic properties on each other. So like it's kind of a one plus one equals three kind of thing that uh, results in greater microbiome diversity, less inflammation, and ultimately a longer lifespan. So very, very cool research there. Um, This again, all came out of me like getting obsessed with research on nutrition. And um, so I wrote a book about it. And, uh, you know, it's really been the guiding principle for for our air dried dog food. Yeah, excellent. I love it because I love science based. Great. Definitely Um, science based. Yeah, I love that. Love And I love personal. You know, I love it when people are driven by their own experience. And and we all have kind of ideas that we are oh wouldn't it be great if i you know whatever it is but to act to act on that and to actually see that through fantastic that's so then the only question i have is can i buy it in the uk (laughs) you know uh we want to get there really soon and actually we're going to be launching a all of currently all of our our food is made and sold in the u.s but we are about to launch a whole new line called Perfect Feast, which is going to be manufactured in Spain. And that is really the next evolution of a lot of my learnings. Uh, so we're going to have a wild-caught fish recipe, all wild-caught in Spain. Uh, we're going to have a um, a low-fat turkey recipe. Uh, like our U.S. products, it's all non-GMO. 
But what's really cool about this line is it's going to be no synthetic vitamins and minerals, and it's going to be a nose to tail kind of feeding philosophy. So we're really taking the best, in my opinion, the best parts of the raw diet, which is getting all the nutrients from organ meat, uh, but then air drying it. So it's, um, you know, like doesn't have like all the pathogens. That's, um, probably my biggest, uh, negative about raw feeding. You know, a lot of people will talk about how dogs have a very low pH in their stomach and, but the, the research shows that a raw diet does still carry more pathogens into the intestine, aka the microbiome. So pathogens, you know, we have a limited real estate in our microbiome. Same, same with our dogs. So, uh, when we're thinking about what's going to fill it up, first, we want to minimize the pathogens. Uh, and second, we, if we have all good, that is good, but uh, we want that to be a diverse array of bacteria of good. So um, that's what, again, like all of our recipes are really formulated with that in mind. And so by taking the, the kind of raw ingredients and they are raw, but yeah. then cooking them, uh, you know, just to kill the pathogens and then at very low temperatures yes. after that. That's, uh, to me, like a, a balance that I'm really excited about. And, and really it's just like continued learnings after, uh, you know, almost three years of, of, uh, having launched our, our first product, Perfect Kibble, which, yeah. uh, despite the name is an air dried dog food. <laughs> it's uh, fabulous. Great. And I again, hate the name. I, uh, I hate that we named it Perfect Kibble and uh, yeah. we're probably going to change that someday. But yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's our, our number one seller. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And I, again, I love you're still learning. I, I think the time we get, any time we get to this point where we go, I know it all now. Oh, forget it. We've, you know, that you've lost it. But to say you're still learning, great, because that's, you're going to keep improving. If it's possible, keep improving and keep going. So that's brilliant. Excellent. You got in touch with me because not only is it fantastic food, but you're taking, you're donating a lot of dog food to um, Maui, aren't you, to dogs affected by the wildfires there. So tell me, I mean, that was fantastic. When the minute you got in touch with it, wow, excellent. So tell me about that. Yeah. Well, and thank you for having me on because of that. Uh, we just announced that we, Yum Wolf, have donated $30,000 of our, our air-dried dog food to Maui. Yeah. So that is all we've we've luckily had some really amazing partners along the way who have facilitated this too like you know we we were able to connect with this uh talent manager he's actually alice cooper's manager since before alice was famous up until wow. today they're still best friends uh, so this guy named shep gordon who's kind of kind of a legend like he has a documentary that mike myers did highly recommend everyone out there go watch it it's really interesting um a quick side note is he actually moved to LA and the first day he moved to LA, he met Janice Joplin and Jimi Hendrix. Uh, wow. and then the rest was kind of history. So, you know, basically we, we got linked up through some friends with Shep and he was able to connect us with this company, Rome Maui, who's flying all of our food there. They're a private members club that, um, you know, basically like has flights between the West coast and Maui. So for all of these, uh, you know, ultimately like cool artsy people, um, they have given up some of their flight time to help oh, partners like good. us get yeah. food out there to the island. And so that was a big help. And then, you know, of course, our, our biggest partner on it all is the Maui Humane Society who are making yeah. the donation too. And so 
we're a small uh family owned business uh you know $30,000 worth of dog food is Mm. a lot for a a lot of money for my wife and I but um you know it, it felt right because I have been spending the last year and a half really thinking about what I how I wanted to make a bigger impact uh and what that would be and of course I'm very proud of of the the food that we've created and the nutrition we can offer but ultimately we're big lovers of the planet and we're watching this whole climate change thing unravel and mm. i don't think i can currently stop it <laughs> myself <Yeah. laughs> so you know i've been thinking about how how we can make an an impact and really one of the best ways any of us can make an impact is by helping the people who are being displaced as a result of climate change. And so, you know, this, this, I was real, I really felt emotionally pulled to help. Um, that is why we made such a large donation. And now we're trying to send five times more food next month. So we actually started a GoFundMe that, um, has, has really been like, growing over the last week since we launched it um yumwoof.com slash maui if anyone would like to learn more about what we're doing on maui and uh possibly contribute but you know we have like actually this is just the beginning you know we're doing everything we can to help with maui but i feel so motivated by what i've been doing like i I really feel like i've been driven on a spiritual level over the past couple of weeks since we uh decided to to move forward with this donation so we're actually uh in the process of also forming a foundation called the yum wolf cares charity foundation and that that is going to be a core part of yum wolf's mission it's going to be a core part of my life mission and uh our goal there is to continue helping family families and their dogs who are displaced because of climate change uh, disasters. Uh, same kind of thing that we're doing here. So, you know, it, feel, it feels amazing to help out. I mean, they really need it. You mm-hmm. know, the the dogs that we're helping, most of them weren't homeless three year, three weeks ago. Most of them had families. You know, everyone was living a happy life on the most beautiful, newest, uh, volcanic ash island in the world, you know, a very spiritual place for many. And today these 3000 displaced dogs are, um, you know, they like really need help being fed. And so that's the role we're trying to play. That's the, the, you know, role that we're hoping, uh, people listening. That's why I've, you know, been hoping to get on, podcast just like this to kind of spread the message on what we're doing because like the news is going to forget uh in a matter of weeks about what happened on maui and uh you know these families are who have been left with nothing are still going to need help so i'm doing everything we can to raise those funds uh and and just by the way like all for all the funds that we're raising for uh for maui right now we are not going to make a profit on that at all. We'll probably take a slight loss, but it's all for a good cause. Um, but you know, we're doing everything we can to send even more food next month. And so, yeah, we, we started this GoFundMe that has been growing. Uh, yesterday was actually kind of a crazy day for it. So I'm really happy to see the, the pace, uh, continuing to pick up. So yumwolf.com slash Maui, uh, for anyone who wants to, uh, contribute to that. Excellent. And I mean, thank you for doing that because lots of us are sitting here i was doing an interview this morning and, and i kept sort of thinking about uh, people's priorities and whatever else we're talking about you know if we're not 
if we're not trying to tackle climate change, whatever other problems we do tackle, we won't have anywhere left to tackle them if we don't. Do you know what I mean? That's exactly what you're saying. We'll be if the planet is um, so inhospitable, we can't be here. Um, what yeah. do we do? So that's perfect. And then uh, the the head of Maui Humane Society, I thought, said it very well. We're burning up the planet. Yeah. Well, which is true. And, mm-hmm. and Maui is a great example of that. Also, um, I, I live in Austin, Texas, and you, sh- this has been the longest, uh, summer. Uh, it's been a hot streak, uh, above a hundred degree weather by like double anything ever seen in history. Wow. So, you know, we, we've gotten almost two months of over a hundred degree weather and you should see all the grass. You should see, I mean, we lost 30% of our tree mass, uh, this yeah. year due to, other climate change uh, related events. And so, you know, now this is all turning into Kindle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's very, I, I mean, as a, someone who walks with his dog uh, in the forest almost every day, and I see this, it's just a constant reminder to me. And um, unfortunately the way the world works is not only do we have this kind of like heat related climate change, but over the course of uh, history in general, um, like if you look at that chart over the last 400,000 years of like the climate cycles, um, we, we actually happen to be living in like a very warm kind of pleasant time in human history. Like usually all of Europe is under an ice cap. So, um, at some point, probably in the next 500 years, um, if you go by those charts, it would seem very likely, you know, that we like may enter another ice age. So either way it goes, the seriously big changes are going to be happening in the climate. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this is like completely outside of human control as far as we know today. But here's one thing that is for certain is people who live near oceans or water are going to be displaced in a very, very big way. And so there are going to be huge, and, and I know we're getting outside of pet food a little bit here, but there are going to be huge migrations. Maybe definitely in our life, it's going to start, um, probably in like our great grandchildren's lives. It's going to be like really, really massive when you think about everything that's going to happen. And so that's why I think. Focusing on the climate and what, you know, we have a big sustainability program at Yum Wolf. Um, we this year announced we started planting a tree with every order. Uh, we have carbon neutral shipping now, uh, biodegradable packaging. And if it's not biodegradable, it's recyclable. So we've been taking these. Yeah, we've been taking these consistent processes to kind of step by step, you know, make an effort to do the best we can. Yeah. Um but, you know, there's that side of it. But the other way to look at it is how can you help the people? Like, think about the the consciousness behind these people and who get displaced throughout this whole process. And that's a whole other way we can help. And that honestly is probably the most meaningful and tangible way that we can help at any point in this history. And so that's, you know, I think that's been kind of a, a, a moment of enlightenment for me over the last couple of weeks is, you know, this is, you know, as I, I met, I was mentioning to you before we, we hopped on, on this interview here, you know, th- this is my first major investment that I've made in my life. Um, it feels really good. And, and so, you know, it, this has really been a process of, of, uh, kind of, uh, learning new things. And, and one of those things really is like 
you know, let, let's, let's try to help the planet where we can in every way we can, but let's also think about the people. Like, you know, if we can help the people directly, that's always been what human existence is all about. And frankly, it's why I started Yum Wolf too. You know, I wanted to really help people, you know, conveniently feed their dog the absolute best nutrition, something that I would want to feed my dog too. And, you know, even early on, we saw hints of that. Like, he, my, uh, my dog, even, even, uh, as a puppy was starting to have joint issues. And I was at the time feeding him Merrick dry kibble, one of those dry kibbles that looks really healthy, but is, uh, not. So, you know, he's like already starting to have some of these inflammatory kind of related issues. And, um, you know, then I start yum woof. We start feeding him this food and like, not only have those issues gone away completely ever since then, but you know, you can just see it in like their, their, their skin, their hair, yeah. their energy, all, yeah. all of those kind of basic, uh, outward, uh, aspects of a healthy dog. And, yeah. and so, you know, I think we're always trying to help people. We're always trying to like make a tangible impact in any way we can. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And I think it's easy to feel powerless you know, in the face of climate change and, and uh, to think, well, what can I do? I can't do anything. But we can make informed decisions in the products we buy and go to companies that are taking a responsible attitude. Just before we move on, do tell us about your dog, because he's a really interesting mix. Yeah, Sherlock is a Corgi Poo, uh, which in my humble opinion is the best breed ever. Uh, I really wanted a Corgi, but I'm allergic uh, to dogs that shed as much as Corgis do. And so uh, I was, you know, I, I was like, so like, do Corgi Poos exist? And uh, they're very rare, actually. So I, I was very lucky that on Craigslist, I was able to like find a Corgi Poo. It was one of those like cosmic coincidences that happened. And uh, yeah, I mean, Sherlock is is uh, truly a dog that has changed my life. It's, you know, one of those dogs you really feel a spiritual connection with. And um, and yeah, I, lo- I love that little guy. Oh. <laughs> You're lucky when those those dogs come along and that that connection is is so intense and so brilliant. That's that's excellent, excellent. Um, it, I mean, thank you. It sounds like you're doing a brilliant job in so many ways. So thank you for that because it is it is still. Um, I was reading this morning. Maui is still obviously facing huge challenges, and we don't even know the death toll, do we yet? Um, and yet, yeah. Alongside that, the the tourist. Uh, industry is picking up and, and like people are snorkeling while they're still trying to find bodies in the you know it's, we live in a weird time don't we where it's like we're facing incredible challenges but at the same time people are saying oh i'm still going to carry on and have my normal life it's it's strange yeah and i mean it's tough I, you know i mean i've obviously been hearing very conflicting uh um sentiments don't come to maui uh come to Maui, but not these parts. Like I, I am uh, personally waiting uh, until things kind of clear over a bit and we, we can get a little bit more certainty and clarity there. But um, that's why I wanted to help from afar. I mean, uh, people at the Maui Humane Society had even been sending me like pictures and videos of, of these dogs. I mean, these, it, it was a fire. Right. So mm-hmm. like things got very hot. And so these, these dogs have like all sorts of paw burns. Um, you know, I mean, obviously many had 
even worse uh, issues happen to them than that. But it, it's so, so sad to see what happened to these, these living creatures. And, um, and, you know, obviously families there are, are having a very hard time too. I mean, families yeah. that, um, you know, had a home and lost everything, uh, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult. And of course, there have been all these stories uh, about, you know, some of the land grabbing that is potentially happening there. Um, I've heard many stories of, um, of kind of more vulture capitalists coming mm-hmm. in and, uh, you know, trying to offer families, Hey, I'll, I'll pay you X amount. Like, you know, you've lost your land, like here, take the cash. And, you know, mm-hmm. these families are in a very, very desperate situation being taken advantage of. So I hope the government is doing something there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, but yeah, the, a lot of the stories that have been coming out of Maui are, are ab- absolutely heartbreaking. Yes. Yeah, that was the word in my head, heartbreaking. It is. And I think I always think, you know, the world turns if we all do, if we follow our passion and if we do what we feel moved to do, exactly as you've been saying, about you you felt it sort of almost a spiritual. No, actually, actually a spiritual moving, you know, to do that. Um, and I think that's how things get better if we all follow that, you know, what we're inspired to do. I think that that's great. So brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? You know, I think if I'm going to leave um, the viewers off with anything here, it's just um, check your dog's in- your dog's ingredients label on their dog food bag. You know, I, I speak to so many people who are often surprised at some of the ingredients in there. Definitely stick away from the meals. Definitely stick away from the seed oils. Like go for all natural ingredients. Um, and I, and I always say that there's no such thing as a healthy dry kibble. Uh, you know, a lot of people will kind of come to me and cause I do these nutrition calls on our website and, uh, people are coming to me with all sorts of crazy health issues. You know, their dog has diabetes or pancreatitis or like the craziest allergies you've ever heard of. And, you know, the way too many of these conversations are unfortunately with pet parents who are still feeding their dogs dry kibble. And those are where we see the biggest immediate improvements. Like, of course, then, you know, there are some of the fresh food brands and the fillers, inflammatory fillers and seed oils they use. So if, you know, their dog hasn't seen improvement, you know, there, we can start to kind of look at why even there, but like anyone who switches off of dry kibble, is just like, massive immediate improvement and people are so afraid to spend especially with a small dog like you know we need to be willing to spend twenty dollars or more maybe forty dollars or more a month on our dog's nutrition to help them live two years longer and save on vet bills and so that's really what happens you know i um i so i just really hope that if anyone listening is feeding their dog dry kibble i mean i would imagine a lot of your audience is is beyond that but, you know, just understanding that like the oxidized seed oils do have free, ra- they are free radicals. Um, and, you know, if you don't know what free radicals are yet, just Google that, um, you know, but basically these are unpaired electrons that are stealing electrons from cells in your dog's body and they, they wither the cell down, they tear it apart. And, um, and so, you know, definitely the dry kibble is number one. And then just looking at the fats that are in our dog's food is so important too. Um, again, my book, the canine Coco mega effect goes 
deep into this. Uh, you know, I, I spent a long time researching this topic and those are really my findings. But put very simply, the, the mixing MCT from coconut oil with omega threes, um, lead to increased microbiome diversity. It leads to, um, basically a lot of bio, biomarkers associated with a longer lifespan. And it inhibits inflammation. So it, uh, reduces this molecule called PGE2, among many others that are all associated with inflammation. So, uh, yeah, MCTs from coconut oil and omega-3 is just, you don't even have to add a lot to your dog's diet to get these benefits. You know, we're talking like one to two percent of their daily calories. And then when you add, uh, when you make soluble fiber about, uh, two and a half percent of their diet too, that actually even boosts it anymore. So even more. So, you know, I go into all the research, uh, in my book on that, but it, you know, if it, it's very simple, you know, these are, uh, a lot of the, the kinds of things that our grandparents, maybe, maybe our grandparents didn't, uh, tell us to do the MCT oil, but they were definitely telling us to do the cod liver oil and the salmon oil. And, you know, science is now just showing study after study, how, how beneficial these things are. So, yeah. That, you know, the fats that we put into our dog's body can make a big difference on their inflammation and lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And, and that's excellent. If we can do that. Brilliant. Just tell us again, the relevant links that, that people will need to find out more about you. Well, I would say, uh, go to yumwoof.com, uh, slash Maui. Uh, there you can learn about what we're doing in Maui. Um, you can contribute to our GoFundMe if you would like to do so. and. Also at Yumwoof on Instagram is, uh, you know, where we've really gotten active and in posting interesting videos on, on all of these topics pertaining to dog lifespan, dispelling a lot of the myths and rumors out there. And, you know, this is coming from someone who has like seriously researched a lot of these topics more than most. So, and I, I'm just absolutely obsessed with nutrition too. So. Uh, yeah, we, we have a lot of interesting stuff there on our Instagram and, uh, yeah, you know, I'm Jaron Lucas, uh, for anyone who wants to follow me personally too. Smashing. Well, thank you very much. It's been very interesting and you're doing a wonderful thing. Thank you so much for the help you're giving to Maui, the dogs of Maui. So thank you, Jaron. Oh, thank you so much, Julie. Thanks for helping us get our message out there. I mean, we're trying to send five, you know, this first donation came from us, um, but we're trying to get five times more food out there next month. So um, this really helps. And uh, anyone out there, please help us spread the message too. I appreciate it. Food for thought, as well as food for the dogs there, thanks to Jaron. We have all the links Jaron mentioned on the Dogcast Radio site, dogcastradio.com. That's it for this time, except to say all of us at Dogcast Radio wish so much luck and love to all the dogs featured today. Margie and Ruby, along with all the stolen and missing dogs and their owners out there. All the dogs and animals and people affected by wildfires on Maui and elsewhere around the world. Until next time, when we'll be talking crash-tested dog harnesses and what dogs have taught one author, look after yourselves and your dogs. Thanks for listening to Dogcast Radio, available from www.dogcastradio.com. That's D-O-G-C-A-S-T radio.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, and wherever you are in the world, we'd love to hear from you. You can do so in a variety of ways. You can contact us on Skype, 
with the ident dog cast radio. That's all one word, dog cast radio. By email, you can contact me on julie at dogcastradio.com. When contacting us by email, if you have the facilities, please record your questions or comments and send them to us as an audio file. That way we can include them directly in our programme. We can accept most formats, for example, WAV, MP3. All these methods of contacting us can be found on our website, which is www.dogcastradio.com. What's a dog's favourite autumn drink? Pumpkin Spice Latte.